Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. It's time for Tim with Tim. It's been a good week. It's been a good week in the Word, and uh, I'm excited. I'm loving the Gospel of Mark. Uh, chapter 8 today, verses 22 to 38. Are you good? Have you read? Uh, let's talk about it. Um, I think uh, the little story there, verse 22 through about verse 26, is just so good. Now, I'll admit, the first time I read it, you know, years ago, I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it's just so weird, you know? Uh, they're at Bethsaida. Uh, some people bring a blind man to Jesus. They beg him to touch the man and heal him. You know, they make it sound so easy, right? Just touch him and heal him. Okay, verse 23. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Now, there are moments when Jesus seems to sort of, you know, especially in the Gospel of Mark, miracles are not spectacle. And so this is the kind of thing you see in the Gospel of Mark, but not the deal where he takes them by the hand and they walk clean out of town. I mean, you know, like they take a walk and they walk clean out of town. Like that, what? That's really strange. That's just really strange. That part is strange. Uh, you ever done one of those trust walks, like when you're a kid or whatever, and you close your eyes and somebody leads you? Okay, just understand that's what that was. It's, it's like a trust walk. It's one of those moments, I think, when Jesus uh, wants to make it personal, and it's about to be personal. And so, Jesus spits on the man's hand, uh, on, Jesus spits on the man's eyes, laid his hands on him, and then says, "Can you see anything now?" <laughs> like that's how I would heal somebody, you know? Like, did it work? Can Can you see? You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? That doesn't sound like Jesus, you know? He, he spits on his eyes and he says, "Did it work?" Can you see? You know, I'm making a joke, y'all. That's not what Jesus does, but that's what it sounds like, you know. And the man says, "Well, kind of, not really. I can see stuff, but it, it don't look like stuff. You know, people look like trees walking. You know, you know, it's like what, like you know, um, it, it, it's like you know, it, it, it fizzled. You know, or you know, it was a dud. You know, and Jesus, oh, you know, let me, let me try again. You know." <laughs> That's not what happens, but that's what it sounds like. You know, it's like, well, you know, kind of not really see. And Jesus says, well, let me try again. And so the next time Jesus does it, you know, harder. And, and the man says, you know, yeah. Um, no, that, that, that's not what happens. But it is strange. Either way you look at this, this is a two-stage a two healing. It's like, what? But, but two-stage healing. And when Jesus says, you know, uh, you know, did it work? You know, can you see? <laughs> Please understand, Jesus is completely able to heal this man in whatever he wants to. And he chooses to walk him outside of town and he chooses to do it in these two stages. And um, I, I just accept that. I, I, I just do. Partly because uh, well, I just, there's a lady in our church, name is Miss Dorothy, and Dorothy was deaf. I mean, she was so hard of hearing. She was so hard of hearing, and so she had one of those cochlear implants. They took her in for surgery. She had a cochlear implant, and when it was over, they turned that on, brought her back in the office, you know, and uh, um, and started testing Dorothy's hearing. And it still looked like she's deaf, you know. But I remember that the doctor told her, the doctor told her daughter Donna, just said, uh, um, she can hear now, but she's been so hearing impaired for so long Dorothy's forgotten how to listen. She'll have to remember how to listen, you know? Now, does that make sense? Um, 
The second time, Jesus places his hands on the man's eyes and his eyes are open. The Greek there says, and Jesus made him look up. <laughs> it, it, it could be that the first time the healing is complete, but this man, although he can see now, he's forgotten how to look. You know, he's forgotten how to use his eyes, you know. And so Jesus has to open, you know, open, dude, open your eyes and look, you know. Um, maybe some of that, you know. Open your eyes and look, dude, you know. Um, at any rate, I, th I think this story is very important. First off, as much as I wish Jesus would just always take care of my problems, you know, in one fell swoop, you know, boom. Um, the way the people just brought the man to Jesus, hey, lay your hands on him and heal him, you know. Uh, Jesus is free and unhurried, and uh, it doesn't always happen in one fell swoop. You know, so much of what Jesus does in my life is in stages, you know, and maybe he could have done it all, you know, years ago, but instead it's a process of my continuing to walk with him and talk with him, and he continues to touch me, and sometimes I need a second touch, you know, and so like it or not, this story right here sounds a whole lot more like Jesus works in my life. Uh, on top of that, most people point out that this story is very importantly situated in the Gospel of Mark because it parallels the way in which the disciples need a second touch. Okay, now the story we just finished, remember yesterday we talking, I was talking about the three stooges and how Jesus is like Mo and just needed to conk, you know, conk their heads together to make them, you know, think, you know, and Jesus is like, dude, how many, I, I, I fed the 5,000 and then I fed the 4,000, y'all don't understand nothing, you know, and then he tells this story about this man who Jesus is like trying to heal him from being blind and he has to conk him in the head twice, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, can you see now, you know? Uh, and so then we go straight to this next story where Jesus says, uh, who do people say I am? And the disciples are like, well, uh, you, some people say you're John the Baptist and some people say you're Elijah or maybe one of the other prophets. Like they can't even name any other prophets. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and so like, conk, you know, uh, at that point, it's like, they see men walking around like trees, you know, like so they, they, they still don't get it. They didn't get it the first time. And then Jesus says, but who do you say I am? And then Peter says, oh, <laughs> you're the Messiah, you know? Um, so you see that? You see that? In the space of that far, we went from, don't y'all understand anything? To, oh, you're the Messiah, you know? So it's like the disciples need at least a second touch, you know? I mean, you wish that it all come to them in one fell swoop, but instead, it seems to be emerging in, in, in stages here. Am I making sense? And at this point, everything changes. I mean, from this point on, Jesus Man, I mean, it turns a corner. And for the first time in the gospel, Jesus says he's going to be killed. You know, he makes that announcement there in verse 31. Now, some people will say verse 30 when Jesus says, hey, don't tell anybody. You know, they, they, the minute Peter says, you're the Messiah, Jesus is like, yeah, don't tell anybody. And then he goes right into verse 31 uh, about how the Son of Man must suffer. Uh, some scholars, Dr. William Lane, whom I love, who wrote an amazing commentary on the Gospel of Mark, he used to be at Western. He's just the greatest man I'll ever know. He's with the Lord now. But Dr. Lane says that it's possible here that Jesus is explaining this whole secrecy thing, like the way he's told everybody, don't tell anybody, you know. Uh, in verse 31, it sounds like Jesus is saying, you know, 
there's this whole plan of salvation and, and I got to get to the end of it and it's going to end with me getting killed. But in three days, I'm going to rise again. I mean, he says it right there. I mean, he lays it all out. And it's almost like, you know, this whole Messiah thing, you know, it's not going to do any good to tell people because I'm going to have to show them. You know, I'm going to have to suffer. I didn't come to be the Messiah the way they think I'm going to be the Messiah. And so it's probably important that I just go ahead and 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 and, and walk the story through. You know, I'm going to have to die and, and be be raised again. And uh, uh, it, it's almost like that. that's why it's not going to do any good to go telling everybody now, because until until he is crucified and risen from the dead, um, it's it's not going to be something they're going to understand. The, even if they think they understand it, they're going to understand it in a, in, in an old Jewish perspective of the Messiah being a you know come and bring the kingdom back to Israel. And no, they're just going to have to see me suffer. You know, I've I've not come to to take over like that. I have come to lay my life down. You, you know. And so he begins to talk openly. And this is a point where Peter, who just, man, he just had that great moment. You're the Messiah. And now he's like, Jesus, Jesus, come here. Yeah, Jesus, uh, Peter's going to correct Jesus. That's what it says. He, he, he reprimands him. You're like, Jesus, mm, you know, you were doing so good there. But if you really want to win, the, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if you really want to win a crowd, man, you, you, you got to quit being so gloomy and dark. You know, man, I, I was with you till you started talking about dying and like, Nobody wants to hear that, you know. Well, won't you instead? Won't you tell some more of those stories, those good stories? And and people like to be lifted up, <laughs> you know. Like Peter's trying to tell him, and so Jesus is like, oh my goodness, you know, you know. He, he had a second touch and thought he got it, and they gonna conk him in the head again. He's like, get behind me, Satan, you, you know. You are seeing things from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. Don't we always, you know, the human point of view, man, we want to be millionaires. We want to be blessed, you know, and doubly blessed, you know, and we just want uh, all, all these things to just fall into place and lay in our laps. And Jesus says, that's not how it is. If anybody's going to follow me, you have to give up your own way. You know, it ain't going to be about you. It's not going to be about your blessing. It's going to be about your sacrifice. You have to pick up your cross and follow me. You know, that's the good news. Yeah. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? I mean, what's it count for if you get everything you wanted in this life and you still lose your soul in the end? You know, is there anything more valuable than your soul? Uh, anyone ashamed of me? Uh, my message in these sinful days, I'll be ashamed of you uh, when the return in glory with my Father and the holy angels. Man, I mean, boom. And that's just the best chapter. That's so good. And, and from this point on, Jesus will repeat this in the Gospel of Mark, this declaration. Jesus, I believe, is going to repeat that three times. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But pick up there with me, chapter 9 on Monday morning, chapter 9, verses 1 to 29. I mean, this is good. We got the, we're going right from this to the transfiguration, you all. Isn't that good? Uh, so listen, read ahead, and I'll see you Monday morning right here. Um, if you don't have a church home, man, Woburn Baptist Church, we'd love to see you. I'm starting a new sermon series on Sunday. I'm really excited about it. It's called A Hill Far Away. It's my sermon series that leads us up to Easter. Uh, it, 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 there's a mountain called Mount Moriah in Israel, and uh, it's not one of those things where you, you stand there and you can see the whole world, but I'm telling you, from Mount Moriah, you can nearly see the whole Bible, and so I'm going to keep coming back to that one place, Mount Moriah, starting with 
Abraham and, and walking all the way through everything that happens on Mount Moriah. It's like you can see the whole Bible from there. So a uh, sermon series called A Hill Far Away, and uh, that's where I'll be on Sunday morning. If I don't see you then, I will see you right here, Lord willing, 10 o'clock Monday morning for Tim with Tim. I love you guys so much. Have a great Friday.